Hello and welcome to Second Look, the show brought to you by the Outset Network, where we pause and re-examine issues, events, people, ideas in the realm of politics, culture, and faith. Now, I am, I very commonly on this show say, if it exists, we can talk about it, or we can talk about anything. I don't have a script to open up these episodes, so I don't say it exactly the same way every week. But basically, the idea is that on this show, we can have a conversation about anything. So a few weeks ago, I tried to open up a conversation about healthcare, and I completely jumped the gun, and I published that episode way sooner than I should have. And so I just want to apologize to anybody who's been sitting there thinking, hey, where are our healthcare episodes? They'll hopefully come at some point, but I had some plans that fell through, and it's looking like um, we just won't be able to have that right away. I don't really have a date on it, but at some point we will get to that conversation about healthcare. And then last week, I actually recorded an episode where I said basically the exact same thing I just said just now and talked about something different. And apparently my microphone was malfunctioning because the audio was almost unusable. So this week, I, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm not listening to this right now, so hopefully the audio is recording well. Um, and this week, I th- it's my birthday. And woo! so I just thought that it might be a neat thing to have my wife, Meredith, come on. Say hi. Hello. <laughs> she is somewhat reluctantly, but, but, but somewhat willingly on the show. I am not a podcaster. <laughs> she has been on the show before and we talked logos, but since it's my birthday, um... I, ooh, I should have had my parents on. Ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, But anyway, I just thought that I would have Meredith come on and we would ask each other some questions and talk about the last year. Um, one year ago, I was not making episodes. One year ago, Donald Trump had just been elected, but Barack Obama was still the president. Whole number of different life situations <laughs> were different for Meredith and me. Uh, one year ago, we did not have a baby. We did not have um, a place to live other than at one of our parents' houses. We were we were living at her parents, and my parents had offered, but it worked out way better for us to live with her parents. So, a lot of life changed in the last year. So, without further ado... I have five questions for you. Do you have five questions for me? I do. Okay, we have... I told Meredith one of the questions that I was going to ask her. Not that I actually thought of an answer for it yet. (laughs) But I don't know any of the questions that she's going to ask me. And we did it this way because we are gluttons for punishment. We are both terrible at answering questions spur of the moment. (laughs) He says we. I had no say in this. This is true. I just said, hey, would you come on my podcast? And she said, maybe. I said, here's what it's going to look like. So, starting off, question number one for Meredith. I don't know if we'll get through all five today. We may have to have you on a second time to, to, to finish the questions. Question number one for Meredith. Describe your, what, what are your political views? Describe them for us. 
See, that's kind of hard to do because I don't feel like I fit in any one box. I definitely am not straight Republican, normal platform of Republican beliefs. For a while I said I was kind of libertarian, but I'm kind of moving away from that a little bit. Here, here. To this vague, not nearly as much as you are, but to this vague in between. If you missed those episodes, <laughs> I have two episodes on why I'm not a libertarian anymore. Check them out. So my drifting probably has something to do with you sharing your thoughts all the time. Um, I don't know. We talk politics all the time. How would you describe my politics more specifically than that? I would describe you as more libertarian than me, but not a libertarian. I would probably describe you as, um, you would probably fit in the best with like the Liberty Republicans group. Yes. yes. Justin Amash, Love Rand Paul. Um, That's perfect. Right there. Thomas Massey. So, yeah. Thomas Massey is actually probably the most libertarian of that group. He's probably a bit further than you of those three I just named. But anyway, that's probably where I would describe you. So so you kind of answered my question already, but have your beliefs changed at all in the last year? They have. Um, as you have kept bringing up these questions about libertarianism, as you've been talking through them and making that second look episode, um, it's really made me stop and think about, well, why do I believe this? And where would it... Um, go in the long run. There's a lot about libertarianism that I like ideologically, but I don't think would actually play in the real world very well. And so I'm kind of developing a more practical philosophy. And well, in the past, the thing that kind of led you the most toward libertarianism was like slippery slope thinking. Yes. Would you say that's still? That is still 100% true. The, the number one rule we should always have for politics is if we do this now, what's somebody else going to do with this in 50 years? Just if we let something go a little bit now, a little bit of freedom go now, then eventually they're just going to take more and more, or at least we're leaving that door open. So we have to keep in mind the long-term consequences. That's like the linchpin of my whole political <laughs> philosophy. Slippery slope. Yes. Okay, question number one for me. Alrighty. So, I do have political questions later on, but this one's not as much. Yeah, this this episode, I the guidelines I gave her for the questions were they had to have something to do with the last year. And that was it. So That's all I got. Alright, so, a big thing in the last year has been us moving to um, the small town you grew up in, buying a house here, and you have always been interested in getting involved in whether it's city planning, just the city politics, local politics, as well as big platform politics. So I guess it's kind of political. So how has actually setting down some roots gotten you thinking about that more or differently or less? Or <laughs> I will say that, that buying a house has really changed um, how I think about living in a place. Um living in apartments before even though you want to take care of the place you live in because i mean it's the place you live in there's still somebody else to pick up the maintenance bills and somebody like buying a house it takes a lot more responsibility um and that coming from that i i think that a lot of the problems we see in our cities are 
um, people have no skin in the game, if you will. Pe- people don't feel like they're a part of the decision-making process. They don't feel like they have any responsibility in the city. So, so in my life, buying a house, you know, I feel this... I'm not very good at it, but I feel this responsibility to, like, make sure it's a good place to be and, and uh, a good place to have others come in and and whatnot and again if you looked at my backyard you would know that i think that way but i do think that way uh, and i think that in our cities we need to get more people involved we need to get more people having responsibilities within their community um decentralize things a little bit and i think our cities would see a lot of improvement because of that did that make sense mm-hmm. yeah did it answer your question i think yes <laughs> I'm really big on local politics for that reason of, like, when when you are making a decision about what happens one street away from you, you see the effects of that decision, as opposed to, like, when you're expressing opinions about a decision that's made in Washington, D.C., yes, those things do really affect your lives, but it's not as tangible and, 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 um, imminent. That wasn't quite the right word. Do you get... Yeah. It, it doesn't affect you as directly. That's the word I want. As direct. And so. so you're just feeling the impact of that even more, like seeing it in yes. your actual house, yes. your actual street. Yes. That makes sense. All right. Question number two for you. Right now, as you just quickly reflect on the last year, what has yeah, surprised you, you the most? What has surprised me the most in the last year? Yes. Just in, at this moment, what what do you think has surprised you? I just, won't hold you to this answer. <laughs> in, it needs to be more specific than that. In my life, in politics, in give the me news, all of it. In, give me all of it. I don't think I can narrow that down to one thing. Um, actually, yes, I can. <laughs> the fact that President Trump is our president is probably the most surprising thing of the best year. Even, well, the election actually happened more than a year ago. Okay, so it doesn't count. Okay, so then unless not... you thought he would quit. <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> um, so that doesn't count because it was November. So I thought maybe it could slide. Um, I have this awkward long pause now. I am so bad at coming up with spur of the moment answers. I'm sure there's something Don't... about <laughs> having a baby that's surprising. Just how different it makes your life to to have a baby that's been a huge revolutionary life change every aspect of everything i do has been flipped on its head so that has surprised me that makes sense for sure i i would have to say the same thing like one thing i've said to a lot of people about having a baby is that everybody tells you it's going to change every part of your life and somehow they're understating it like it, it's it's really surprising (laughs) because like we've talked about we were expecting things to be different we were oh yeah everything's gonna be different definitely people tell us that and then she was born and it was like everything is so different (laughs) (laughs) all right my next question for you ties into that a little bit so how has being a parent affected you've talked on this show before about your philosophy of an integrated life about putting all pieces of your life together has having a baby into that mix made that easier or harder or changed the way you think about that it it's made me more passionate about it honestly because 
when when I look at our daughter, I want to be a good example for her of someone who um, follows God with their whole heart, someone who is not a hypocrite. I don't I don't want to be a parent who says, you know, to my daughter, you have to work hard, and then she sees me being lazy and, and like that kind of thing. Um, and I think that life integration is kind of at its core is just trying to make sure that every part of your life is consistent with every other part of your life and contributing toward every other part of your life. And so that naturally roots out a lot of that hypocrisy. And so in my desire to be a good example for her, I have been a lot more in the episode about how to integrate your life. I talk about how you just need to prune, 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 get rid of all the stuff. And, and, and I have been a lot more ruthless about getting rid of things from my life. I think um, I don't. I don't know if I've mentioned it on the show yet, but I. I recently went back to a flip phone. I gave up my iPhone because I just felt like I was spending too much time on my phone, and um, I. I went back to a flip phone, and it's been a fantastic couple of months since I did that. I don't think I ever would have done that before she was born, um, and so. I, I've just been a lot more ruthless with cutting out the things that don't contribute to my overall life goal. So I've been more passionate about it. So follow-up question. So you've said some ways you're good at it. Would you say overall you're getting better at doing an integrated life because of our daughter? Or do you think, like, where do you think you're still struggling? I would say that I'm doing better. I am still struggling. Um, I am a person with a lot. I, I am very opinionated and I have a lot of knee-jerk reactions that are often very inconsistent with what I actually think. So I can be having a conversation with someone and say something, and then an hour later, I'm like, what in the world? I don't agree with what I was saying. Um, and and I think what that says is that deep within the recesses of my mind, I am not fully there, um, and I still have a long way to go. Makes sense. Have I satisfied you? Yeah, my answers? Yep, that was a good answer. Okay. So question number three. Uh, uh, a little intro to this question. Describe um, your... How... What level would... Uh, how, <laughs> Which of these questions should I be answering? Yeah. <laughs> like I said, neither one of us is particularly great on the fly. But hey, here we go. Um, to what extent are you involved in politics, aware of what happens in politics? Well, those are two very different questions. Okay, the second one. The okay. second one. Because aware of involvement, very little. I vote, and that's about it. Um, as far as how much I'm aware of what's going on, um, more than probably the average person is, but certainly less than you are. I get, I don't watch the news on TV. I get a lot of my news. I have a news app on my phone, and every once in a while I scroll through and read the headlines or pick out one or two of the more interesting-looking articles. Um, I have political conversations with you about things that you happen to see, but you don't share everything you see. So I I feel like I'm aware of the bigger things, but less of the, the nuanced things. I couldn't, okay. I couldn't name, say, the people who work in the White House, but I know maybe the bigger things that are happening and that was that sounded kind of vague but so i'm that I, works. I keep i'm keeping a vague idea of it but i couldn't name all the specifics of everything 
happening like some people can. That works. So then, with that in mind, um, I'm, I'm going to tweak my question just slightly. Okay. What, what would you say, in your observation, is the best thing that has come out of U.S. politics in the last year? The best thing? That's a very difficult question. Because <laughs> <laughs> mm, there's certainly a lot of negative things. Let's see. So the last year, now I've got to think back to what all... So the entire Trump presidency. Okay. So, try to think that there was all the natural disasters that were happening. There have been a lot of bad shootings. These are all very negative things that have been happening. There's been a lot of fighting over health care and nothing's really happening with that. I'm really... I'm kind of struggling to think of a positive here. I've got one big one, right, and I'm you guessing yours, yours is, is the same one. Trigger for me, yeah. Gorsuch being confirmed to the Supreme Court. Yes, I forgot that happened. <laughs> that that is probably I would say that. Yes, cop out answer. I know. <laughs> it, it it's been a running joke on Twitter. Um, is that like all of these bad things that come out of the Trump presidency and everything? And people are like, but Gorsuch, but Gorsuch. <laughs> And it's like, well, yes, he's great, but that's kind of like the one redeeming quality of the last year, for in my book, anyway. So just to turn the question back on you, would you have a second place one? If that's what everyone's saying, <laughs> what would you have for a unique second? I would say probably my second place one is, it hasn't happened to the extent that I hoped, but... It has seemed to me like a lot more people are taking the legislative branch a lot more seriously since That's we kind true. of can't take the executive branch seriously. Yeah, I, see what you mean I hoped it would be more than it has been. I I was cautiously optimistic that Congress might reclaim some of their powers and and that hasn't really happened, but uh regular people are certainly taking more of an interest in Congress That's or so true. it seems. Yeah. All right, so I sort of asked you a question, but... I, I asked you one. Okay, that was so, question number three that I just asked All right, you. so I'm on number three, too. So, second look, that's something of the last year, is you've started second look again. What has been the best part about getting back to podcasting and doing the show again? I really enjoy podcasting because, as I mentioned, like, four times already, I'm I'm really bad at extemporizing, um, at, and and so podcasting is a real challenge for me. Um, in like the good kind of challenge mm-hmm. to just sit down and collect my thoughts and deliver a coherent message and or cohesive. Did I want coherent or cohesive? You, coherent. People understand it. Cohesive. It all goes together. So both. <laughs> I want deliver a coherent and cohesive message. Uh, it, it's really difficult for me to do that, but it's also really good for me to do that. And I enjoy the mental exercise of planning the episodes. I think that I have put out better episodes this time around so far. Um, hopefully everyone agrees. I I really enjoy just having a space where I can come and express my thoughts in full. Pretty much the only places that I talk politics are in, in person, um, which is always dodgy. Some people are good for having those conversations and other people aren't. Or on Twitter, where you have the, until recently, 140-character limit, and now we have a 280-character limit. And I like doing it in both of those areas. Um, Especially Twitter is uniquely suited for it, I think, because you have that limit 
like you have to change the way you think about things. You have to be more intentional with word choice and stuff like that. Otherwise, it really comes back to bite you. Uh-huh. Um, so both of those places are good for it. But I think that this podcast, um, more than the other places, lets me really express what I'm thinking about things because um, quite often it takes me a while to really like simmer down and even figure out what I'm thinking. Like I think I have thoughts, but I don't know what they are. Right. You have an idea and then you've wandered around the house <laughs> thinking, well, what exactly do I think about it and how do I express it? And what are the details? And and I do that a lot more when I'm preparing an episode. Right. So. And I know you've had a lot of good conversations with people about your episodes so far. Yeah, a lot more this time around than the first time doing the show. So I've been pleased about that. Yeah, that's great. All right, question number four. How has becoming a mom changed your views on politics? I almost asked you the same question. <laughs> Obviously, dad instead of mom, but, <laughs> but I decided not to. So now I should ask it just because. Um, I'm not entirely sure that it has changed my politics, but it's perhaps changed what I think of as important, what mm-hmm. I focus on. Um, yeah. Looking at things like how we make laws that affect children. I have more direct, that has more of a direct impact on my life now. And so I really think of it that way or thinking about things, how our country's going to be in the future based on the decisions we're making now. Um, I've always thought about that, but now it's, it has a new dimension added to it. And so that's helped me think about it more deeply, if anything else. But I'm not sure any of any of my opinions have actually changed because of it. That makes sense. So I want to ask, so you have a degree in elementary education. Yes. How, uh, if at all, has having a kid changed your thoughts about public education? Um, again, not super hugely because I, I have always thought, a lot about it and I've cared a lot about the kids that I've worked with even if they're not my own kid but I, I definitely think that it's been discouraging thinking about public education and perhaps more since our daughter's been born just looking at the state it's in has been I don't know it's just not in a good place and so it's it's hard to look at that and think well I don't know if I want to put my kid into that system like I I grew up in the public school I really enjoyed it but but looking at the direction it's headed in um, things from just the money in classrooms to the, the quality of the education that kids are getting is not good. At least uh-huh. here in our community, it's really not great. All the way to the stories that are coming out about the political correctness of what teachers are and aren't allowed to say, the way they have to change how they're treating students, the way they're talking to students and having to walk on eggshells, just the whole political sphere coming into the schools. I'm... It's just not going in a direction that that I would be happy with as a parent. And uh-huh. So that that's probably been a big one for, for that. So to answer a bonus question for you about okay. how, how I've changed since becoming a dad, um, I would say I've gotten a lot more... I haven't changed any, like, stances, but I've gotten a lot more passionate about a few things. Um, the one is... I mean, kind of the obvious one of abortion, just seeing such a helpless 
human life and taking care of her from day one, it's astounding to me that there are there are people who would deny that she was even human just a couple months prior. Yeah. It, it's it, it it that I've gotten a lot more um I get a lot more emotional about it is probably a good way to put it. Um, and then also in in terms of things like foreign policy, I am a strict, strict non-interventionist. And the reason why I am that is because I believe that pretty much all but two places that the United States has intervened over the years, and even looking back in history beyond the United States, military interventions do not do good things. Our neighbors driving by have a very loud stereo. We'll hang on a second. <laughs> we live right by a, a, a decently busy street, so. Right at the stop sign, so we get everyone to pause right by our street. So, so I've, I've been a lot more passionate about that because of the long-term consequences that I think, you know, our daughter and her generation are going to have to deal with. Um, and there was another one I had in my head that I forgot. But just the, the long and short of it is I, I've developed stronger uh, opinions about certain things that I already believed. Makes sense. The one that I'm thinking of, I wasn't entirely sure if it's political because I'm not sure how much it's the actual rules that exist as much as the enforcement of it, but just our society's overprotection of children i've thought about a lot more yes. since our daughter's been born yes that's very true the fact that you can't really let your kids go off and do anything on their own and we really want for our daughter to for her to get to explore some things to be able to be outside to be able to maybe walk places and that's just getting more and more of a panic reaction from neighbors and it's getting really dangerous to let your kids have a little more freedom not necessarily because it's actually dangerous, but because people will come back at you. You could and, get in trouble right, for it. Right, you could it. get in so much trouble. Yeah. And so that's been a real problem I've seen. Yeah. All right. So, so yeah, that was my question yeah. before. You're so. <laughs> so back and forth. It's <laughs> confusing. So this past year in politics, back to politics, has been, like we already kind of talked about, shake up, very different outlook. Just the way... The politics have looked so i've been wondering has it affected what you not necessarily your opinions on politics but what you focused on in politics has that changed have you realized something is more important or of more value so by this time a year ago i had already started my my shift of focus from national politics toward local but i wasn't quite there it had already started in my brain, but I really do think that um, local politics are way more important than they get credit for. I think that, you know, the the city we live in, there may or may not be an amusement park, a theme park that's going to open south of town here soon. I think that the, that, whether or not it happens, will have more of a tangible effect on our life while we live here than healthcare legislation and tax cuts from Washington, D.C. Makes sense. Um, even though it doesn't, at face value, it doesn't feel like it. Those things, the place where you are has a lot more influence on you than than we realize 
And and so the decisions about the place where you are, it follows then that they have a lot more influence on you. Yeah. Plus, looking long term, those big decisions start with the opinions of the small communities. Right. The ideas smart start right. at the small level and spread. You know, even even like big things in this country, like segregation in schools, it was started from like ending segregation in schools. It was started by one person suing their local school board, right. and it made it all the way up. And 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 like local stuff is a lot more important than it gets credit for. And so that's probably been my biggest shift of thinking is just those values. Like, like I said, I'd already started this a bit a year ago, but a year ago, I probably would have thought that this tax bill that everybody's talking about was more important than the transportation plan that just passed in our county. Uh Uh, earlier this month. And now I would say the opposite. I think that transportation plan is a lot more important to me than the tax bill. Okay. So I still care about the national stuff a lot, just a lot less. (laughs) You say you would actually care about you. Do you actually care less about it or do you just think that it has less impact? Um, that one, I, I still care about it probably the same amount as prop, but I do think it has less impact. It It's striking to me. I think probably what set this one off the most was every single election, we have all this doomsday stuff about how, um, you know, if the other side gets elected, they are going to make it illegal to turn on your lights after 6 p.m. and America will be shrouded in darkness forever. Like, we get this ridiculous fear-mongering from both sides at the other one, and I think it was just so overblown this time around. Like, I cannot stand our president. I struggle a lot to respect him in my mind for the office he holds, and that's something I think is important to do, and it's something I really struggle with with this particular president. Uh, And yet... All of the criticism about him and everything was so far overblown yes. that I think, honestly, it was just like it flipped a switch in my brain because I was like, all these things that people are saying, like, they're not going to happen. You know, we are still going to have a republic tomorrow morning if he gets elected and, and, and all this stuff. So I think that's probably the the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> so was that your question or my question? That was my question. Number four? Yeah. Okay, so question number five for you. If you could send a message to the 535 members of Congress, what would it be? Do your job. (laughs) Uh, Congress is far too scared to stand up and be the legislative branch (laughs) to make decisions to stand up to the president, whoever it may be. That's not just the case right now. That's been the case for quite a while. And so my message to them would be, we need to, you need to look back at what the Constitution says you can do and do it. Follow the Constitution (laughs) and make sure everyone else is too. So. All right. Succinct. Yes. Three words. (laughs) Do your job. All right. My last question is just a vague birthday life question oh Oh. so now you're a year older those are the scary ones how are you more mature than you were a year ago (laughs) um can i is infinitely and and, (laughs) it it really is striking to me looking back on where i was 
a year ago and the things that I freaked out about and the things that I didn't care about and the I I feel like I've grown up a lot. I feel like I've taken a lot more responsibility in my life. I I um I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the show before, but I've never been diagnosed with it, so I want to be careful about saying this because I know some people really have struggles, but basically I have ADHD. <laughs> um and I I I struggle with focus, I struggle with attention and remembering things and and um I I have worked over the last year to try to become more disciplined in areas where discipline will help and more relaxed in areas where being relaxed will help to manage that. Um, and I think that is a level of maturity that I had that I didn't reach until even after the baby was born. Um, I I didn't take that as seriously as I should have. It's amazing how maturing having a baby is it really is it 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 changes everything (laughs) um and so that that's just one thing um i actually try to like schedule my time now and it was something i pretty stubbornly refused to do at this point a year ago um and i'm still not very good at it it's a skill that really needs developed but but i do work on it now i think that i have probably the biggest way that I am just like, look at me a year ago, look at me now, how am I more mature is, um, see, I started to say one and then I'm second guessing myself. (laughs) So let me give you a couple because I don't know if I can pick a biggest. Um, one is how I spend my money. A year ago, I wanted to go out to eat all day, every day. And we spent a lot more money than we should have that way because of me. Um, and now we're a lot better about that. <laughs> That's just to name one thing. I like shopping. <laughs> it's actually kind of funny because Meredith, I hate it. yeah, Meredith hates shopping and I love shopping. Go figure. But, but I, I have gotten a lot better about the way I spend my money. Um, and then also I have just, I've really matured a lot about taking serious things seriously. Um, I'm a chipper guy. I like to have fun. I'm very, very laid back, but there are things that need to be taken seriously. And, um, I've, I feel like in the last year I've gotten a lot better at that. You've had such good answers to all of my questions. Well, you've had good answers to mine. (laughs) (laughs) Are we allowed to awe ourselves? Is that a thing? I don't know. (laughs) We'll say yes. No one else is saying no, so. (laughs) Yeah. So this is normally, um, having a guest on the show, this is normally where I would say, let the audience know where they can find you, but... Don't find me. My wife... There's nowhere to find me. (laughs) My wife does not like social media very much. She actually... She actually does have a Twitter account. Okay, except that it's basically run by you. She has not logged into said Twitter account in like five years. (laughs) Every now and then I just randomly tweet something from it. And so everybody from high school who still follows her on this dormant account might see it. <laughs> but yeah, so if if you can find that Twitter account, I say um, bonus points to you, but <laughs> it won't do you much good. So if you want to reach out to Meredith, reach out through me, I guess. If you have a, a, 
a, a list of questions for her. I'll make her answer them. Maybe I'll even make her come back on the show. <laughs> <laughs> if somebody sends me a list of questions, I would come back on because that would be pretty cool, actually. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You You heard it, folks. Well, that is all that I have for today. Thank you so much, Meredith, for joining me on my birthday. Welcome. And thank you, listener, for tuning in to this episode of Second Look. You can find all things Second Look at OutsetNetwork.com, OutsetMagazine.com slash podcasts. You can find all of our Outset shows there or in your favorite podcast app, iTunes, Overcast, wherever, where we hope you will rate it with five stars. You can reach out to me on Twitter at BeGreenAZ, and hopefully we will see you back here next time. Thanks for tuning in.